0: Hi all, this is Justina from The Exploding Head, and this will be my second episode on Gaza. Second recent episode, because I've been recording quite a lot about Palestine in the past three years uh, of this podcast. And I have to say, I was really I was thinking a lot about what this episode should be on and uh, what needs to be said And between my two episodes, I've released several articles, i filmed a lot of videos. I'm going to point to these resources here because I did cover quite a lot. And so I'm building this episode on top of those videos that you might not have seen. So I just wanted to sort of give you this disclaimer because there's so much that needs to be said about Gaza. And uh, if you're thinking, well, how come she's not mentioning this or that? Hopefully, the answer is because I I have been mentioning that just in a different format. And this episode really comes from me having reflected a lot about not just my role, my imaginary role as a political commentator uh, and someone who knows really, who studied and, and lived in Palestine and someone who actually does know the subject, but also my role as I see it Uh, of someone who is interested in mental health, who has another project, not just The Exploding Head, but another one, Investigative Selfism, on mental health, on various topics in psychology and mindfulness and collective trauma, and also what my role is here as a human. And I've been thinking a lot about how I am showing up in these weeks for myself and others, and how I want to have shown up when i look back at this time because this is and this will be a very memorable time in my life and i know it's gonna be and it is already a very memorable time in the lives of so many and so many members of my audience and that's obviously why i'm recording it so i won't actually i won't go into describing what's been happening in gaza i did kind of do that a little bit in my videos, and I've been pointing in the exploding head on my Instagram account and on Facebook and and LinkedIn and TikTok anywhere where I am. I've been pointing to some excellent resources: Palestinian journalists, Israeli peace activists, just international law lawyers, academics, scholars, just you know people, organizations whose work I really admire, and I think that they stand for something. So I've been doing that pointing and that sort of, you know, educational part uh, as I see it uh, outside of this specific episode. And I want this episode to be a mix of things still, and hopefully it will be a little bit educational too. But that mix is something how I see my own uh, actions, what I'm recording, what I'm producing, what I'm talking to people about these days, and I want it in a very naive way. I want it to be a mix of motivation, inspiration, encouragement, and just holding space for what's happening and how it makes so many of us feel, how, how what we're seeing in Gaza, what it has um, resulted in in our heads and in our hearts. And so I have only a couple of points, but these points have been something I've been thinking about a lot on different occasions and kind of continuously really. So let me share those with you and please see how much that resonates with you. And uh, and if you think that there are more people who would benefit from hearing this in these very difficult times, please share this episode with them, not because I want some publicity because that also would be wanting publicity for the most horrible reasons that there could be on this planet, but because I think everyone needs some support, everyone needs some help, and we can be that support and we can be that help to each other. So the inspirational, (laughs) hopefully motivational part of this episode is on something that I have written about and I will come back to now, today, and that is the topic of bravery. Two things here, one, maybe you've seen Videos, maybe you've read articles and just heard stories of the incredible bravery and self-sacrifice as well coming from Gaza these days. We have journalists who do their job until they are killed, until their families are killed and then they continue. We have stories like that. We have doctors who refuse to leave hospitals knowing that hospitals are about to be bombed, like they are about to be shelled and they might get killed and they do get killed, and they choose to stay with their patients until they die, and until, in a way, both of them die, because Israel has been attacking a lot of medical facilities in Gaza. Nothing is spared. No infrastructure is spared. Hospitals protected by an international humanitarian law are not spared by the Israeli forces. So when we hear stories of doctors saying, and I will link to one of these interviews, Do you think I studied? Do you think I studied for 14 years to be a doctor so that now my life would be more important than the life of my patients?" Said one of the doctors in Gaza who was killed because he refused to leave and he stayed in the hospital providing care to his patients until he was killed by the Israeli forces. So we have these stories of this incredible bravery. And we have stories, obviously, of very, very brave Israeli peace activists as well, because a peace voice, uh, an anti-oppression, anti-apartheid, an anti-colonialist voice in Israel, it's still in the minority. And so people who are marching on the street saying not only a ceasefire, but let's dismantle the system of apartheid. Let's dismantle this colonial system. Let's uh, let's try to live together in this one land as two people. equal rights that is very brave to say in israel Uh, there is a lot of hate coming towards people who say say things like that and we know that even families some families whose members were killed by the hamas attack even they are saying that war is not the answer more violence not the answer and we don't want more violence onto our palestinian neighbors and friends so this is very brave this is very brave this is very difficult And we have to remember that. And I think for me, at least, it is very, very inspiring. It's very, very motivating to keep on going, thinking that people are facing uh, risks that I am not facing and they're still doing the important work that they're doing. And another thing about bravery that always, for me, always comes to my mind, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. I know I've written about it and I've probably recorded something on this topic too. But there's a... A small story, it's not the main story, in one of the books of Umberto Eco, the Italian writer. I believe it's the Foucault's Pendulum, that is the book, where the main character continues to feel like a coward because he was not born, I believe. He was just like not alive. He was not there. He wasn't able to show that he's brave by joining the Italian resistance to the fascists. So he thinks he's a coward because he has never really been given the opportunity in a way to prove that he would have done these heroic things, these brave things. So he thinks he's a coward because he has never really seen at least a chance to prove otherwise. And I myself, I very often and very often these days think that I was too young. I was I was, I was very small uh, when well, Lithuania, my own country was, um, when it regained uh, its independence from, from the Soviet Union, that was very, I think for many people, in Lithuania it's like seen as like a proud moment and, you know, obviously gaining independence. It's a big deal, especially it's a big deal for countries who've never had independence or who're fighting for it still, so I can only say that it's a big deal. But I was too small, I was too small to go and, and like fight for my country and, uh, you know, <laughs> protect Lithuania or, or try to sort of break through the, you know, through the oppression that people didn't want to be under. So I was too small, I was uh, either not born or I was a baby. During the apartheid of South Africa, the original apartheid, I was also not alive or a very small baby. So there are plenty of fights, plenty of, you know, historic struggles. You know, we have national liberation movements from, you know, 60s and 70s, like decolonization. I don't know, right? So I was not alive then, so I don't know what kind of position I would have taken, but I like to believe that I would have stood with, you know, the people who are oppressed and I would have been vocal about that. I would have fought in some ways, but I don't know. But Palestine, Gaza right now, I am not too young. I am not too small to do something, to say something, and not to see myself as a coward. And I will share this with you. I had a very beautiful experience recently. I just uh, took some time to reflect on the past weeks and how I was showing up, like what I'm doing. and and you know, I will say my self-image, how I see myself the way I am showing up, not just now, but now especially. And a very simple thought came to my mind and I'm not bragging when I'm saying this because actually as my sister very correctly, pointed out, she said, probably many people think like that about themselves. And I'm like, sure. And I'm only talking about myself right now. I'm only talking about myself. I'm not even looking to other people when I say this, it's not like a a comparison thing, but when I see what's happening in Palestine with my knowledge, my experience, my, my academic, my lived experience, everything, and how I'm showing up now, what I'm doing now, the conversations I'm having now, it's really tough. It's really tough emotionally, mentally, it's taking a lot of my time, even though I, I just started a new job, so I'm like, uh, uh you know, but it's, it's it's difficult to be thinking about Palestine the whole time. Anyways, but the point is, whatever I'm doing, however I am right now, in my relationship to Palestine, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what the toll is, the emotional mental toll, I can look... I can look at myself in the mirror. And even if it's easier not to say anything, maybe it's easier not to have certain conversations, it's easier to do literally anything else, maybe, than to be talking about Palestine. But the weight of the words unsaid and the weight of then having to look at yourself in the mirror into your own eyes and see the person that you are and feeling embarrassed or ashamed, like deeply ashamed. No, I'd rather take, I'd rather take the difficulty. I'd rather take the discomfort. I'd rather take the uncomfortable conversations. I'd rather take the, you know, sleepless nights, even though they're unhealthy. understand. But even that toll and the toll is real. and I know it's real for many of us. I'm not minimizing it, but the toll of not speaking out and then living with that, that is a much greater toll. That is a much greater toll, I claim. You don't have to see it that way, but if it's very difficult for you right now, if it's been difficult and it's difficult to people around you, we need reminders. We need every reminder we can get to keep on going and to do the work that is very, very important and very, very needed. And very often we are privileged to be able to do that work. And so, to my mind, we have to. And to maybe, maybe, maybe make it less difficult for you, I have to share a couple more things. And one, I think it has never been clear to me to, you know, when people say, who do you support like who do you stand with and like israel palestine how ridiculous (laughs) how ridiculous that question is i mean it really depends how it's asked but sort of choosing by country and what just by country it has become so irrelevant like that question is just so black and white even more than it was before why because if if i'm asked like, who do I stand with? I never say I would stand with certain government because I would say I stand with the people. Governments usually don't even represent the people too well and, you know, the various flaws. But now, if you stand with Palestine, if you stand with the Palestinian people, people being oppressed, people being colonized, you don't only stand with the Palestinian people, you stand with everyone who wants this settler colonial project to end and for one democratic state. True democratic, not an apartheid state, not a state with tiered system of laws and a superiority assigned to one religion, but an actual democracy where people don't have to live in an open air prison and under apartheid so that others would have their imaginary security. So if you claim that, if that's what you want, you don't just stand with the Palestinian people who want that. You stand with the Israeli people, a minority, but still, who want that, you stand with those brave journalists, you stand with the brave uh, doctors, you stand with the international community, you stand with Israeli protesters who also want the dismantlement of this apartheid regime, you stand with people in Chile, you stand with people in Indonesia, you stand with people in the UK, you stand with brave Jewish people in the States who are saying ceasefire, not in our name. It's a global community, it's a global movement, and it has never been so big. And that it is global, I think it has never been so clear. So that's one thing that I wanted to share with you because I think the sense of community is so, 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 so important. It's vital, it's vital for us to keep on going these days. And we have to remember how broad that community is. Like I myself, two years ago, uh, when Israel was bombing Gaza, when people maybe weren't talking about it too much, I went to some protest gatherings in Amman because I was living in Amman, Jordan. Uh, This year, I went to some events in Lithuania And just uh, over a week ago, I was in Ireland and I went to a a nice protest in Dublin as well. I'm in Brazil at the moment. I just had my (laughs) transatlantic travels and my jet lag right now. Anyway, and I'm looking for events here. I'll see what I can do here, whom I can join. What can I do on the ground here as well? It's a global community. It's a global movement. Let's not forget that. Let's build that. And my last two points on kind of everything that I've mentioned until now, you know, I said the conversations I'm having, the discomfort and that, you know, this global community. So two points, (laughs) my last two points became also very, very clear in these, what, six weeks. One is that there is um, power and it's like a healthy thing to do, I think, to allow yourself not to engage In certain conversations with certain people and I've had somewhere realized that oh no oh it's not not only that it's not going anywhere but it's really just not worth it and I'd remind myself that colonialism is not seen as uh, something to be dismantled by everyone just like not everyone was hell yeah let's dismantle colonialism 50, 60, 70, you know, and more years ago, and hundreds of years ago, not everyone was for that. Not everyone was marching for the civil rights, you know, in the States some decades ago. Not everyone was marching. Not everyone still gets Black Lives Matter. Not everyone thinks that women might not have certain rights, which they, according to me, should have. (laughs) Anti-colonial struggle might not be for everyone, and there will be people who will be defending colonialism, including very recently Elon Musk, someone from South Africa, even though um, n- not someone who was oppressed under that regime, I understand, who just said, uh, anti-col- what, is, what did he say? Decolonization, de-colo- anti- anti-colonialism or decolonization is genocide, he said. And I was like, wow okay well if we were wondering about your stance on colonialism now we know now we know so this fight this struggle is really not for everyone and if you find some acquaintances someone in your circles who are like well maybe you know it's okay there might be not just a matter of like oh you don't have a certain kind of knowledge and if you had that knowledge i think we'd think the same i've learned throughout the years that that's not always the case i'm a big believer that you know if I had the same knowledge probably we would reach the same conclusions about a certain thing a certain issue and sometimes you see that no we actually do have uh, uh, major differences there sometimes differences in values and that is okay anti-colonialism is not for everyone i mean everyone's invited but I think but we really have to focus instead of trying, instead of trying to sort of explain and convert someone and, you know, whatever language you want to use here. We have that global community of people who understand the struggle, of people who are part of the struggle and who want to take that action and who are taking action. So. I found it for myself, not just for my mental health, but I think in terms of what can actually be of use, that it's the focus on that community. This is what we need, because we are in the millions. (laughs) We are in the millions. And if there's like a Facebook acquaintance who doesn't get it, it's okay, because there are literally millions of people who get it. And don't waste your time. I mean, obviously conversations with your loved ones can be very painful. If you see that there is that value difference, you know, and some conversations, I'm not saying just, oh, you know, stop talking about it. But I think in the long term and just for our mental health as well, we focus on that community because it's there and our task is to find it, is to build it, is to expand it, is to take that action together and is to create that space, hold that space for each other, because it's also very difficult for very many. And my last realization that I want to share with you, I don't think uh, I've exhausted the list of these realizations, but it kind of relates to my previous one of my previous points, but I will say it and I want to say it in this way, that it's very painful. No one wants that. No one's sort of like, ah, you know about it. But in the end, I am fine with losing relationship, some kind of friendship, some kind of, you know, connection to some people, if they're fine with, you know, killings of children, if they don't see the humanity of certain group of people, if you don't see them as people, if they're fine with racist, fascist, genocidal rhetoric and actions of any government, any government, I am fine it's not comfortable, but I am fine. I can handle, I am fine. And I will choose that. I am fine with losing relationships. I wouldn't be fine with losing myself, my voice and my sense of integrity. Because let's not forget if we're censoring ourselves, if we're not speaking out against something that is important to us, when we are with others, someone who we sort of choose to be with, then we are not being ourselves. We are sacrificing that authenticity and that that sacrifice, once again, it will have a toll as well. In my other project in investigative selfism, I spent a whole season of my podcast talking about discomfort, sort of the importance of normalizing discomfort, like what it is, um, just a lot, of, um, a lot of talk about discomfort. You know, choosing uh, uh, courage, over comfort and various um, various concepts, really. And you know what this is? This is a discomfort that I normalize, I choose to have, because either way I'll be uncomfortable either keeping some weird relationships where I have to not be myself, or I'll take the discomfort of being myself, not losing my integrity and being able to look at myself in a mirror Yeah, I'm choosing that. And with this episode, with my, (laughs) maybe, hopefully, hopefully my whole project, I'm inviting you to do the same. I'm inviting you to, as I say on my website, to point to different forms of oppression, to point to dehumanization. These days, I have to add that to point to fascism as well and say that that is not for me. I'm encouraging you to speak out to also seek that community to check on others and to try to take care of yourself as well because once again this is something that will be in for the long term but we have to because this is too important to abandon our debt of humanity to our friends in Palestine is only increasing Our governments are only increasing it, our media outlets are only increasing it. So sadly, we are the ones left to see that humanity, to bring that humanity and to fight for that humanity as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you for doing exactly that. I really, really, really appreciate it. And I'll see you soon.